1: Aaron Hogan, Rod hook Hook'Em Up, 101.9 AM 1260, The Horn. Thursday on The Horn, a chilly one, 40 degrees in the uh, Austin Metro, colder beyond that, and uh, only going to warm up into the 50s, been a bit of cold week for sure, rainy on Tuesday it's got some nice weather coming into the weekend. But uh, we launched the 4th of January and right on our What the Facts segment, we're talking about uh, facts of college football. You know, one of the things we hear a lot and we certainly see a lot uh, on our text line is that uh, college football is being ruined by the transfer portal. Ruined. Like yeah. people making that claim and uh, you now people coming off of the bowl season with all the opt-outs and the transfer portal. Yeah. Uh, my question would be this. If it's uh, being ruined, then why are more people watching college football than ever before? Uh, so, And the numbers are there. The Rose Bowl between Michigan and Alabama had 27.2 million viewers, making it the most viewed non-NFL sporting event in eight years. Yeah. Uh, the Orange Bowl, which had 25 opt-outs and a 63-3 final score, averaged 10.3 million viewers on ESPN, making it the largest Orange Bowl TV audience since 2017. Uh, the Pop-Tart Bowl. The Pop Tart Bowl averaged over 4.3 million viewers, which is 51 percent higher than the NBA's average viewers on Christmas Day.
2: I know, people don't watch a lot of bowl games usually.
1: But the ratings, and this is what I've always Man. said about the bowl games—they're most, you know, a high majority, of outside of like the Sun Bowl and a couple of others are on ESPN or ABC. Uh, they have—they're they, looking for holiday programming while people are off work in a lot of cases. And even with the opt-outs in the portal, people are watching football. Look, by, by any metric you look at, uh, revenue, attendance at games, atten- uh, attendance on TV and viewership on, on media, uh, the, the, the sport of college football is the second most popular and uh, the second most revenue-generating sport in America, right? Yeah, it is. Behind only the NFL, which is a goliath over everybody. Yeah, it's, uh, but it's it's college and pro football. And, and in towns like Austin, in places where it's college-centric, it's more popular than yeah. the NFL.
2: Austin is, yeah. Texas the pro, the pro the pro team.
1: Columbus, Ohio. I mean, those kind of cities, it's more popular. So, point being, and, and I think you you and I both agree that with the addition of the 12-team playoff next year, it's going to take another bump. I yeah. mean, when you start having really yeah. meaningful games in December that mean and you start playing from – you know, twelve on down to one, and you have a national championship in mid-January. Remember, the national championship game, Rod, will be another week later. Next, I think it's set for like January twentieth of next year. Yeah. So, college football will be playing deep into January because of the twelve-team playoff. So, I think you'll see more.
2: Yeah, and I think bump. you'll, I think the bump, you'll get another bump when you get the more consolidation, right? When you you have the latest round of realignment. Uh, teams like Washington going to the Big Ten, USC going to the Big Ten, uh, Texas going to the SEC. And you had another bump because those games are going to be better. Yes. Matchups are going to be so much better. You got so many blue blood brands well, about, that are going to be facing off. So I think I think you're right. I think, you're right, I think you get a bump from the 12 team playoff and another bump for the regular season when you get the better matchups yes, in these, these yes. conferences. When the well, the four, four,
1: four West Coast that. teams joining the Big Ten. And look, we know all those things come with ancillary issues, the travel for the other sports in the Pac-12, yeah. well, all the things that change. We're, we're not saying it's all perfect by any stretch. No. But popularity-wise, for those who say it's ruining college football. Yeah, the, product,
2: the, saying the product isn't good anymore. You can't say that the product is actually as, maybe as good as it's ever been. Yeah,
1: and there's more player freedom, which means, you know, no. this, yeah. in, then December, instead of talking about bowl games, Rod, and making bowl predictions, December became the transfer portal. And who's going where? Yeah. And people pay attention to that. People like care. Free like,
2: agency talk in the yeah, NFL. It's that's like, exactly
1: right. <laughs> What's my team getting? Who are we getting in the yeah. order? Who's leaving? Now, now <laughs> the game, the sport, as you know it, may be being ruined for you personally. Like, you may not like the trend and where it's going because it's not like it was for you. You know, as, you were, as we were I all totally growing up. I
2: totally get that.
1: And that's fair. I mean, yeah. that's your own personal, personal totally take. But the, the, the numbers and the viewership and the attendance at these games would indicate that it's never been more popular.
2: Yeah, and I think it's going to – actually, I'm I'm with you. I think you're starting to see it reinvent – the college football reinvent itself. It seems to do that a lot lately (laughs) Uh, with NIL transfer report and realignment. And I think the latest reinvention of it, the product, is going to be – better than it's ever been. Just because the matchup's going to be... Just take, look, at, look at Texas' schedule. Just take Texas' schedule coming up.
1: Well, the and, SEC. And, and don't text and say, yeah, I'm awesome. saying it's perfect. Because what I'm saying, they still need a commissioner of some kind. They need some they organization. They need leadership. All of that absolutely has to happen. But at the same time, fans are, are not turning off TV sets. That's for sure. Um, it's a good
2: place. Yeah, it, is. A really good it is. It is. And there's a
1: lot of talent. And the, the, in terms the, the, of the product.
2: In terms of the product. There's chaos everywhere around yes. with the NCAA. We're talking about the actual just product on the field. On-field product and the viewership. Well, and, and
1: what what makes that is passion, right? There's passion for the sport, and there's passion for these teams and these schools. That's never going away. They need to organize it. They have to have some leadership. Um, with the NCAA becoming weaker and weaker, there needs to be something that steps in. But um, yeah,
2: this is the NCAA, this is the product with bad leadership. Yes, <laughs> yeah, that's well said. <laughs> but think about what it could do if he actually has some stable, visionary. Well, to uh, right? to <laughs>
1: UCLA coach Chip Kelly's point after their bowl game, hey. Let's and this is something we've argued a lot. Let's the the top now that you know what your your Power Four conferences are, they can separate, run themselves, let the NCAA run everything else, all the other sports, and let's get some some organization to this chaos and makes it's where we are. Um, I agree. Y- y- you know, I would agree if they don't put in some type of you know system, some type of uh, organization, some type of guardrails into what they're doing. Eventually, it will potentially fall apart yeah. um, because it's the wild wild west. It does need that, but. Uh, Right now, it's in a pretty good place, and I think what you'll see on Monday night with Michigan playing Washington will be a a pretty – it'll be a bonanza of of TV viewership and a lot of storylines with the number one offense against the number one defense, Jim Harbaugh, Michael Penix, Um, so – yeah, and as you said, next year when Texas and Oklahoma join the SEC and all the all the movement becomes official, twenty twenty four is a year that they've been pointing to for a long time because the consolidation takes hold, yeah. the new TV contracts come into place, and the twelve team playoff will launch. To that point, Rod, think about what conference the, the championship Saturday becomes. If if winning your conference championship is an automatic bid to the playoff, yeah, in right. a lot of cases, oh, don't, those games become more important.
2: Way more important.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's like uh, you are playing your way in potentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, to the 12-team tournament, which is uh, pretty interesting. So we'll take your thoughts on that, and we know there's going to be varying opinions on it. But the numbers would tell you that uh, the bowl season was not the disaster that a lot of people portrayed it to be. The TV ratings were actually really good.
2: I know. I'm surprised people watch bowl games. Usually people don't care, yeah. don't care about the bowl games. You're and right.
1: don't, don't, don't talk about attendance because the, the bowl games in general have never been very well attended. Never. It's uh, a weird time. I mean, the, the, unless the, it's at a
2: big, a big game. Yeah, the big and, ones are. The big ones are. But you're right. If a little Nobody Contends those other
1: games. Those. It's, it's TV programming in large measure, yeah. so they're measured on who, how many, who watches them, and I guarantee a lot of people gambled on them. A lot of people uh, watched them, and uh, you know had they had, had fun watching you know college that, football. Nobody's
2: the... talking about that, but that's definitely helping viewership too. Oh, 100 percent. The fact that gambling now—well, it's not is, just like
1: gambling on the game; you gamble on you know what do, of, underdog fantasy. Yes, yeah, so I'm
2: saying not the legalization of it across the United States. Oh, in different yeah, hundred percent. That is also part of the, the the formula that's helping increase viewership.
1: Hey, it, bottom. Go ahead, Rod. Bay- like, I'm saying they
2: don't, they, don't, they don't talk about that.
1: No. It's, Not it's, yet. They should, though. Well, look, if you, you – know, I would tell you an underdog fantasy. and games <laughs> you're going to watch. If, you, you, yeah. if there's a bowl game you don't care about, but all of a sudden you have five players that you're watching for hires and lowers – you you're probably going to watch it. You're probably going to watch it.
2: Because <laughs> so you win five
1: times your money. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you're probably going to watch it. And exactly. now all of a sudden you have a reason you're invested. Mm-hmm. And now, okay, now I'll watch same this we, game. Same
2: reason we watch college basketball for one month out of the year. <laughs> that's
1: right. That's
0: right. <laughs> We're all invested.
1: Yeah. All right. So speaking of college basketball, we've got some uh, college hoops in our headlines. Let's get to the top stories. Rod's got his rant coming up. Our good friend Jerry Hamilton coming up bottom of the hour uh, with his thoughts on the game Monday night and uh, uh, All-Star Game Week. But first, let's get to the top stories. Start with college football, and of course, top stories brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Start with a really good piece of news for the Longhorns yesterday. Multiple reports now that defensive lineman Alfred Collins is going to elect to return to Texas for another season. Six, five, 317 hundred seventeen-pound lineman appeared, has appeared in 48 games in burnt orange and made six starts over his four-year career. Of course, this year played behind Devondre Sweat and Byron Murphy, who were the anchors of that D-line. Uh, he comes in for a fifth year now. The five-star, former five-star out of Bastrop has plenty of room for growth, but could be a key piece uh, for Texas on that D-line. Elsewhere in college football, as I mentioned, it is high school All-Star Game Week, the All-American Bowl coming up in San Antonio on Saturday. Four Texas commitments are participating there going through the week of practice, including quarterback Trey Owens out of Side Fair, five-star wide receiver Ryan Wing goes down in the Alamo City, linebacker Ty Anthony Smith, and punter Michael Kern. Seven other members of the Longhorn Class of 2024 participated yesterday in the Under Armour All-American game in Orlando, uh, including three of their five-star defensive prospects that are coming in, edge rusher Colin Simmons, safety Xavier Filsimi, and the cornerback, Kobe Black out of Waco. College Hoops last night, 10th-ranked Texas women bounced back from their first loss of the season, did it in a big way last night. They roared out to a 23-11 first-quarter lead in Lubbock, rolled past Texas Tech 74-47. Aaliyah Moore scored 18 points, grabbed 12 boards. Deanna Gaston added a double double of their own with 17-11. Texas improves to 14-1 on the year, They're 1-1 in Big 12 play. 20th-ranked Texas men, meanwhile, will open their Big 12 conference schedule, hosting Texas Tech on Saturday night at the Moody Center. Uh, Rodney Terry's team off to an 11-2 and start as they enter Big 12 conference NFL, ahead of the final week of the regular season, NFC and AFC Pro Bowl rosters revealed yesterday. The NFC roster includes seven Dallas Cowboys. Zach Martin, C.D. Lamb, Micah Parsons, Daron Bland were all voted in as starters. They'll be joined on that NFC squad by quarterback Dak Prescott and kicker Brandon Aubrey and punter Brian Anger Houston Texans left tackle Laramie Tunsil were the Texans' uh, lone player to land on the AFC roster after the voting of fans, players, and coaches. NBA, All uh, three, two of the three Texas teams in action last night. Mavericks rolled past Portland, 126-97, behind 41 from Luka. Down in Houston, the Rockets top Brooklyn 112-101. And in golf, congratulations to lifetime Longhorn Scotty Scheffler he was voted by his peers as the 2023 PGA Tour Player of the Year. Second consecutive year, he's won that award. First player to go back-to-back since Tiger Woods in
0: 2006-2007. Horror Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. A new year and a new store. Come see our new beauty location at 200 Trademark Drive to rent, buy, or repair any construction and lawn equipment you need. topgun.net we'll shoot you straight.
2: Oh, man. So, uh, big news for Longhorns. We talked about this earlier, though. I want to ask Jerry about it, too, when we bring Jerry on, uh, that Alfred Collins is deciding to come back to school. I think it's a great decision for Alfred Collins. If you look at the measurables, just measurables alone, Alfred Collins actually probably has a higher upside than any of the D-tackles that have been in that room for the last two years. And you've had – well, you're going to have four of them be drafted after this upcoming draft, four D-tackles in the last two years. I Man, honestly, I think pr- probably Bama and Georgia – Schools like that have done that in recent years. I can't. I mean, I, I pay attention to a lot of NFL drafts. You do too, E. I haven't seen that really. No. Had, had really at a school. I mean, I'm sure. I said Bama and Georgia. I'm sure at one point that in a two-year span they had you know four D tackles drafted. But other than that, I, I mean, man, it, that is rare to have that type of pipeline start developing at one position. And if Alfred Collins and Vernon Broughton – all right. If they end up, you know, staying on this kind of trajectory, it looks like they're going to be the next in line to have breakout seasons. You've had two years back to back where you had two both multiple D tackles have breakout years. Ojomo and Coburn two years ago, and now it's Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy. And kind of like the running back room for Texas, there's an argument to be made. It was the best D tackle room in the country multiple back to back years. Like that, right? You can make that argument about the Texas detail. Oh, court.
1: yeah. I mean, I think so. And this year was better than even before now. But, but last year, as you're saying, you two years ago was deeper because you had DC Ojemo, Coburn, Sweat, and, and Murphy. Uh, and Alfred and Collins. And Alfred Collins. Yeah. Well, oh, and the huh. hope is that you're you're going to add some pieces to that, too. And a guy like Sadir Mitchell, yeah. who came in from Bergen Catholic in New Jersey, he can develop into a guy and – now, you're you're trying to develop some depth there, and that's why, as you talked about off the top in our 6 o'clock hour, it's it's important to keep Bo Davis, and there are t- there's reports that LSU, his alma mater, coming after him as Brian Kelly tries to rebuild his defensive coaching staff, uh, that Bo Davis is a guy that they're going to make say no, essentially, uh, to that, and Bo Davis is a big part of it, big part of it. Uh, when he walked in here, Steve Sarkeesian said he, he thinks Bo Davis is the best defensive line coach in America, and I think over his three years here in Austin, he's shown that, uh, yeah, that's probably true. And it's his second stint in Austin, it's right?
2: second time here, yeah. And he's not, the, he's not the only one that believes that. I mean, I think there's – around the country, if you ask coaches to list the, the, the five best D-line coaches, most of them would probably have Bo Davis in oh, their, yeah. in their I mean, top the, the, five. And he, that's, that's been the case the last few years.
1: Resume strong. He's, yeah. Well, and, and, you know, the, if you're the Lawhorns and you're Steve and you're doing everything you do to keep Bo Davis here because now – because of what you just said about the D-line development, well, now you can can start building that pipeline, and it's a selling point on the recruiting trail.
2: I feel like it's, yeah. And it's
1: possible why it's why Alfred Collins said, no, I'm coming back. I mean, I want to be here. I want to take that that next step and that trajectory to to the next level, and you can sell that on the recruiting trail and the portal as well. All right, uh, 7.15 almost. Jerry Hamilton coming up bottom of the hour. Lots to discuss with the G-man. haven't talked to him. for It'll be our first visit in the new year. But uh, right now let's get Rod's first rant of two on this Thursday.
2: You know, one of the things I've been keeping up with in the NFL are the uh, the quarterback, really the quarterback injuries uh, and really the quarterback turnover for every team. There's been a ton of it this year. They're coming really close to what they did last season. Um, and last season was a record-setting year for the NFL um, in terms of the amount of unique starting quarterbacks, I mean, different starting quarterbacks for teams. And this season... Uh, you're at 20 different teams that have used multiple quarterbacks, and they're going to shatter that number in Week 18. Now, I don't count Week 18 because it's mostly just teams that are resting guys. I believe Kansas City has; these are teams that have openly already said that they're going to rest their starting quarterback for Week 18. Kansas City, Cleveland, the 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 Rams, the uh, and obviously, you know the Chargers have already started. Easton Stick's our guy. Um, it's Denver. They did it for different reasons because of Russell Wilson's contract. Uh, they decided they wanted to basically, you know, they didn't want to pay his injury bonus. He had an injury bonus that if he played every game, that would be guaranteed. They didn't want to pay it. So they decided, no, we're going to bet you. So we don't have to pay that bonus. Uh, and Baltimore, they're going to sit Lamar Jackson. So, uh, you'll end up probably shattering the record from last season. Um, but not because of injury, mostly because they're sitting guys What's, uh, what's really interesting about this right now, you start looking at a whopping right now, it looks like just nine teams will start one quarterback the entire season, just nine. Um, that's a new low for the 32-team era, and that's the lowest since 1999. I believe they were at eight. Uh, but it's, it, right now in the NFL, you got to make sure you got your backup quarterback set because you're going to need them. The way it's trending right now, everybody's going to have a backup quarterback, start a crucial critical game at least one point. And all the teams that are trending toward being the top teams, their quarterbacks should stay healthy. A lot of it was a battle of attrition, um, being able to keep your quarterback healthy. Cowboys can now win a division because their quarterback stayed healthy. There are a lot of reports that Jalen Hurts is not healthy. And Lamar Jackson, for the first time a long time, he stayed healthy and played the entire season. We haven't had that. That's been There's been a lot of talk about Lamar Jackson and his durability. He stayed healthy. Uh, Tua was another quarterback that stayed healthy. So Miami's uh, prospects, they ended up uh, winning uh, double-digit games because he stayed healthy. I think a lot of it is quarterback health. And the NFL right now is, is dealing with a ton of quarterback injuries, and it's not because they're not – taking care of the quarterbacks I think it's more about the offensive line and it's more about really just the I don't know the number of pass attempts uh, where, where quarterbacks are exposed. I mean, it's it, it's more about that because it's definitely not about the NFL protecting them. They protect them more than ever, um, but you're starting to see more and more. So, at 20 teams right now, that's where they are in terms of unique uh, teams that have used multiple starting quarterbacks uh, in a season, uh, which is, like I said, uh, close to the record. I think this weekend they'll shatter the record because all the teams are sitting uh, their quarterbacks. Um, let's talk about uh, since we're talking about the NFL real quick. Let's get into the uh, MVP odds right now because it says right now that Lamar Jackson is the far-and-ahead odds-on favorite to win MVP, and it's not even close anymore. Um, he is at minus 10,000 <laughs> current MVP odds according to, uh, according to ESPN Bet. Uh, this is the latest. It's not, it turned so quickly. It Remember did. at one point we were talking about Dak Prescott with the – with the best odds to win MVP. And then the conversation shifted to, I believe it kind of shifted, honestly, to Christian McCaffrey and Brock Purdy after that. And now he's at minus 10,000. To win, uh, to win the, uh, the MVP. Well, and
1: we said that about Dak. They all, they all had a chance to make their case in December because it was very close and there wasn't a clear favorite. And, Pretty clearly, Lamar Jackson, with his performance on you know Monday Night Football against the 49ers, followed up by a five-touchdown pass performance against Miami the next weekend.
2: It's unbelievable.
1: He made his case, and he, he pretty much claimed it. And now he's going to sit, too, this weekend. Uh, yeah, sitting. Hunt, Huntley's going to start for Baltimore because they're clearly the one seed and no, yeah. no risk for Lamar Jackson. So, yeah, I think he's the MVP.
2: I don't know. 49ers have not announced that Brock Purdy is going to sit or start. That I think he's nice. sitting. He's sitting too? He and, yeah. You know,
1: McCaffrey's out with a calf, but I think Purdy's sitting because they don't have anything to play for Yeah. There's no reason to risk it. I don't it. know
2: if I've seen it announced yet. I wouldn't be shocked if Shano played him, honestly, just because he's, so, he's been a little erratic lately. And I, would, I wouldn't be shocked if he played early and then he sat him. But he may, decide, he may decide that he's just sitting, period. Don't want to risk it. I can see that, too. But a lot of teams deciding Kansas City, you know, they're deciding to sit the, Patrick Mahomes. Even Cleveland sitting Joe Flacco because they don't, want to, they don't want to risk something happening to Joe Flacco even though they're on their uh, fourth quarterback uh, being Joe Flacco. He's playing so well, they don't want to risk it. So a lot of teams not risking it. So in the week 18 right now not looking great for the NFL, that decision, because uh, you got a, you got a few games that are really, really important. Um, but sitting your starting quarterback for all of your stars for about five teams in addition to, as I pointed out, 20 teams that have played multiple uh, starting quarterbacks this year, The 18 games may be uh, something that – they're not going to reconsider it. Maybe something they have to look at in terms of its effect on uh, the players and the injuries to the quarterback position because you're not even having half your – I mean, not even half your starting quarterbacks from the season of starting week 18. Yeah. And obviously some just sitting because they already have everything locked up, but uh, the other half is because of injury. That's not what uh, the NFL – that's not what they wanted when they had a – they had the thought of a, another game added to the, game, to the season. That's not what they envisioned.
1: Well, look, if you can't improve or, or drop in your your playoff position, you know, Cleveland, San Francisco, it says here Brock Purdy will not play against the Rams. Okay. Uh, this is from Sports Illustrated. He's going to get the full week of practice. They're going to give him all the reps as the first team quarterback. Like, uh, he, your, your guy Kyle Shanahan said they're going to prepare like he's playing, but then he's not going to play. Uh, why risk it at that point? They're going to bring up the seven players off the practice squad. And, um, again, they've sewn up. That's how big that Detroit win loss to Dallas was because they would have had to play these guys this week to secure the one seed uh, because Detroit could have come and taken it from them. Now they have the ability to rest these guys, including Brock Purdy and Christian McCaffrey and whoever else they're going to sit this weekend. But but he did say we want to keep Brock sharp, and so he's going to get the first-team practice reps.
2: That makes sense. I figured they wanted to try to keep him. Uh, you don't want him to have a – Sam
1: Darnold will start that game.
2: Okay, you don't want him to have a lull because he hasn't been that consistent at the end of the season, uh, but you, don't, you want to safeguard against injury. So basically the, the NFL has decided to move. Their, they, they got rid of the fourth preseason game. This is the fourth preseason game for a lot of teams then. if They're just moving up, right? If they're moving up practice squad guys. are right playing, And they're playing backup quarterbacks in games that don't matter. This is essentially their preseason game. They're just doing it at the end of the season. Especially if they're going to play all the young guys who haven't gotten a chance to play. It's going to be that kind of game. That's, and I think half the league is basically in that position right now.
1: Yeah, of the 32 teams. I mean, Houston and Indianapolis is a playoff game yeah, on Saturday night. Yeah,
2: that's the Cowboys. Jacksonville and Tennessee
1: the... matters because Jacksonville can sew up the division, but it doesn't matter to Tennessee. Um, uh,
2: but, yeah, Vrabel did say that, I mean, he, I think he dropped a couple of expedits, but he did remark that, oh, the game matters to them, and they're, they're all in. They're all in. He said they're all
1: in. Yeah, they're yeah. all in. So there are games that do matter, but, yes, there's a high majority that do not. Don't have much bearing because the teams are either out of the playoffs completely or uh, they can't move in their current position in the, uh, the slot in their conference. and um, So, yes. But, man, that, the, the couple of them, that means there'll be a lot of eyeballs on the ones that do matter the most. So anyways, it will a, be. No, I mean, that,
2: that Texans game, I mean, there'll be a lot of eyeballs on that, that Texans game. That's a big game for the Texans. One of the biggest games oh. they've had in the last – Five, four or five years? Rod right, since right. the, uh, the Chiefs
1: are... collapse. That's the biggest game since yeah. the Chiefs collapse since game.
2: Bill O'Brien was there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're
1: right. I mean, this game means it, a 10-win season and a trip to the playoffs. And, um, you know, that's – and it's the same for the Colts. And both teams have first-year head coaches. Both teams have first-year quarterbacks, essentially. So, yeah, that's a, that's a huge one.
2: Well, Gardner Minshew. you. Yeah. Right? I mean, to win it with the backup, that would be impressive to go and make the playoffs in your first year with a backup quarterback. That's, like I said, that's some damn good coaching. Uh, and the Philadelphia Eagles are missing it. They're missing it. You can tell.
1: <laughs> yeah, with Shane Steichen for sure. Uh, yeah, so we'll, 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 we'll look at those. Obviously, the Cowboys have to beat the Commanders. That game matters. doesn't matter to the Commanders. Commanders are not any good at 4-12. and 12, But the Cowboys have to win that game to, to lock up the division and the two-seed in the NFC. Meanwhile, the Eagles are going to be playing the Giants for the second time in three weeks. And in New York, they need to win that game and hope the Cowboys lose. That game is Sunday afternoon, so that game matters. Uh, Bills play the Dolphins in Miami. That's an important game to the Bills. Bills that need game, to win that game. Yeah,
2: that, the Bills have to win that game.
1: Bills need to win that game yeah. with Josh Allen, and they've improved to 10-6 and 6 now. They'd like to get to 11 wins. So, yeah, I mean, there's, there's some that matter, but you're right. There's so many that don't, but uh, um, there, there are several that are – important so you'll just pay attention to those
2: yeah uh like i said week 18 to me not right now not that sexy no i don't know how sexy it was last season either i gotta go back and check it a lot of a lot of it is the quarterback injuries for the nfl
1: yeah, without a doubt. There's Rod's rant. Good stuff right there. Coming back, it'll be Jerry Hamilton from On3Sports. He's covering uh, all things All-Star Week. There's the, the Under Armour All-American game. That was yesterday in Orlando. Seven members of the Longhorn class were there. We'll get Jerry's thoughts on who, who shined. Also down in San Antonio, it is the uh, All-American game there with four Longhorns, including the quarterback commit for 2024 down there. Apparently having a good week of practice. We'll talk to Jerry about that and what's to come for the Longhorns and get his thoughts on what went on on Monday night in New Orleans. Uh, we'll have the uh, Bullisher Conversations before the end of the hour on this busy Thursday. Hook them up with Ian Rodby. 1019 AM 1260. Stream it on the Horn app and hornfm.com. Aaron Hogan. Rod Babers. Hook them up. 1019 AM 1260. The Horn. He said Packers-Bears game also important. That is true. He says, I'm torn about the Texans because if they make the playoffs, season ticket holders have to buy two tickets, tickets for two playoff games in advance, even if they don't advance in order to keep your PSLs. Too expensive.
2: Uh, I didn't realize that. That's... I didn't either.
1: That seems like a why you gotta racket. Do it?
2: Why, why for two? Why not just for for one?
1: A personal seat license, by the way, is what that is.
2: Yeah, but why, why you have to do why you have to buy them for two? I, I don't know. You, and you don't get. Maybe you get it refunded if they don't – you probably just get it refunded, I'm sure.
1: Sounds like uh,
2: – Or maybe they like uh, – maybe maybe they carry it over because you keep your personal seat license for next season, right?
1: Well, essentially those seat licenses is you buying the right to buy that seat.
2: <laughs> That's a nice racket, man. Isn't it? You got to pay me for the right to pay me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Well, you know, we're, a we're doing nice the Austin. show again this morning from the uh, the Onion Creek uh, headquarters here down here in South Austin. Now when you when you join a, a golf club, right, you're essentially paying for the right to pay to play golf. That's great. And
2: some be- it's a nice racket. Because I know a lot of
1: people think, well, you now you're a member and you can just play can golf just play whenever golf? you want. No no. You still gotta buy the golf. And, I didn't know that. Yeah. I thought you
2: used to get to play. No, no, no. <sighs> wow. <sighs> man. I'm in the wrong business. I need to get in the business where you got to pay me to pay me. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> that's, the pay me. that's the retainer, right? Yes. You, have, you have a lawyer on retainers. Like, yeah, I'm going to pay you just to be around So I, when I want to pay you.
1: That's right. <laughs> that's what a, that's a private club is. It's private. Oh, I, man. I, I'm buying the right of right to privacy.
2: Damn. Okay.
1: Yeah. I, did, I did
2: not know that. I've never been a part of a, a, a golf club or a country club.
1: Yeah. Wow. All right. Let's – uh. Let's switch some gears. We're talking a lot of college football. We've got one college football game left, of course. Well, and by the way, your, when is your, your wife's uh, alma mater playing for a national champion? Did that already happen? Uh,
2: no, it's, it happens actually on the, the 8th. It's like the 8th or something. And that's like Montana. Like- Yes, it's a it's a, actually a day before a day after the national title. Okay, like the actual Montana
1: season. Grizzlies, right? The Montana Grizzlies. go Grizz! go Grizz. Uh,
2: she wants to go to that that game too. So
1: that's I'm, up in Frisco, does not it? Yeah, not?
2: her and her friends, I think, are planning it. All right, cool. I think I'm the I think I'm just babysitting, so I'm not a part of it. <laughs> I've not been invited. I just I've been hearing the plans been made, but I've not been invited. So I think I'll be updated. I love later it later this week once the plans are set.
1: I love it. Well, <laughs> let's get the plan from our man uh, Jerry Hamilton. Go to the Vaqueros Hotline. He is. Uh, Uh, The best in the business, the senior national recruiting analyst for On3Sports, talking college football and the recruiting season with G-Man. What's up, Jerry? Happy New Year, bud.
0: Hey, Jerry. Happy New Year to you guys, man.
1: Hey, let's start with this. I want to get to the All-Star Games and uh, some recruiting news, but just your general take on what went on on Saturday, on Monday night in New Orleans. Michael Penix played a heck of a game. Uh, Washington was the better team. Texas still had a chance to win the game. What were your your takeaways from the Longhorn 37-31 loss?
0: Yeah, I just I, Texas didn't play a clean game, right? I mean, at all. I think that's fair to say. Um, you know, look, and, and I know there's some, you know, some reports out, yeah, you know, PFF, whatever, about pressures Texas got. It, it's kind of that's kind of a, a worthless stat for me. If you don't if you don't hit a quarterback, if you can't get him disrupted, it, that those stats are somewhat meaningless. Texas did not get him to the ground. They did not disrupt his rhythm. Uh, his timing with his wide receivers. Uh, but, you know, Texas didn't play a clean game. I mean, I, I would – Sark said it at the press conference. I'm sure every coach would say it. But, uh, you know, they did not play their best game, not taking anything away from Washington. But I will make a prediction. I think Michigan's going to thump Washington. I'll go 31-13-ish. I think people are going to uh, – I think the one – I'm sure Rod's talked about it, but there were some bad signs for Washington in that game when they're looking at playing Michigan. Uh, Michigan's going to run it down their throat and they're going to get more pressure on 10 It's not going to have the same timing, and I think Michigan's going to win the national title comfortably.
1: There you go. Uh, Jerry Hamilton from On Three Sports, thirty-one thirteen.
0: Bad matchup is what he's saying.
1: Yeah, bad matchup. Well, and and we felt like, and Rod said it for a month that uh, you know the Texas Texas would have been better off playing Michigan or Alabama in Game One uh, if they could have found that way, but to play for a national championship because of Michael Penix and the number one passing offense uh, and the Joe Moore Award-winning offensive line uh, attacking the Texas weakness, which is uh, their pass defense and and their secondary. Which you Jerry, you've talked about it a lot with us and uh, on On Three Sports about the Longhorns recruiting uh you know trying to bring in more coverage in the back end they two five stars in this recruiting class with Kobe Black and Xavier Filsimi uh pick that up right there in these all-star games Longhorns have 11 of their 2024 prospects playing in these all-star games uh what have we learned or if anything from 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 those guys playing in Orlando and and that are going to play down in San Antonio on Saturday
0: yeah, I think the, uh, the main thing there is, you know, George Zockford Bell showed his instincts uh, in the game. You know, the interesting thing about all-star game settings, right, is if, if you're an instinctive player, you're going to show up more in the game and maybe the practices. Uh, if you're one of the elite athletes at the skill position, you're going to show up in these practices, right? That's what they're made for. And then the one-on-ones, OLDL, right, which are obviously those are always advantage defensive lines <laughs> because it's only pass pro in the one-on-one setting, but I think Texas, look, I talked to the offensive line coach, uh, uh, Daniel Cruz's offensive line coach there in Orlando for the Under Armour game. They were uh, very high on Daniel Cruz's intellect at the position, uh, along with his size and just uh, uh, his knowing that was his first year playing center. I think he's done very well. Uh, Colin Simmons had a an high ankle sprain, which he played with in the playoffs. So credit to him, he went down to Orlando. The trainer for the game looked at his ankle and said, yeah, he doesn't need to play. He needs to shut it down. So, Colin did not practice or play in the Under Armour game, which is probably a good thing for Texas, right? I mean, uh, get that thing healed up. You're reporting January 13th, about a week away. Um, but Xavier Filsame, uh, Filsame, a tremendous athlete, great build. Uh, I thought one of my takeaways from being down in Orlando, Kobe Black is 6'1 and a 6'2", 195, 200 pounds. He has very little muscle definition. So you sit there after seeing him in person, you're wondering how big is he actually going to get. Is he going to be a kid that's – I think Texas is going to have to work to keep him under 210, 215 pounds. He is going to be a big kid considering he's a multi-sport guy at a smaller school, and he he doesn't have a lot of, I, I call him kind of a Florida high school kid because he's played at smaller school he doesn't have, and he's played multiple sports. He doesn't have that – that advanced physical look like some other kids in Texas do or in Georgia where they have those athletic periods at those bigger schools year-round. Um, these smaller school uh, multi-sport guys, tend to, they tend to, I guess, progress later. And Kobe Black's going to be one of those guys. Zeno Mezzulu showed very well his length is going gives him a chance along with his frame. I mean, he's a guy that's going to be 6'5", 255, 260 pounds. Uh, with an 82, 83 inch wingspan, but showed good quickness, um, good understanding, taking coaching uh, down there. Uh, Jarrett Gibson, great build for running back guys. I mean, you know, five, nine and a half, five ten, 10, 210 pounds. Uh, Bill, and I'm not saying he's the same player. He's not as vertical fast as Blake Coram, but with Texas fans who've watched Blake Corum, it's the exact same build. I mean, Coram, I think, is an inch shorter, five, eight and a half. But they have the same build as a running back, same body structure. Uh, so, Jarrett Gibson uh, looks great physically. Uh, so, I think, you know, look, I think those guys showed well. Uh, all of them belong. Nobody was out of place. Obviously, the Adidas game is coming up here on Saturday. But there's been some, some clips of Ryan Wingo out there, which to me, the big news for Ryan Wingo is coming off the knee injury that kept him out the majority of a senior season. He's moving really well. Looks good. Trey Owens, a late addition. Ty Anthony Smith, a late addition to the Adidas game. Trey Owens had a good week of practice, obviously. He's well-prepared uh, for an event like this. Uh, he's, he's been working with his quarterback, J.P., uh, coach, J.P. Tillman, since the end of the season as well. Uh, Ty Anthony Smith and the punter, Ryan Kern, um, also in the game. So, yeah, Texas well-represented, that number three-ranked recruiting class. And now we'll see, you know, what's left for Texas. Uh, one of the guys at the Under Armour game, uh, that I need to mention was Ryan Williams, uh, the the receiver from Saraland, the five-star committed to Alabama. He reclassified to 2024, so he came down to the Under Armour game, played in the Under Armour game, and it was announced by uh, Chad Simmons at and On3 that his official visit schedule this month is Alabama on the 20th, Texas January 27th, and Auburn, February 3rd. I still think Alabama is the favorite right now headed in those visits, uh, but Texas is one of the final three. They get him on campus January 27th for an official visit. If Texas pulled off the shocker there, look, Texas is looking at the number two, possibly the number two recruiting class, outside shot at one probably now. Interesting.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, Jerry, what are your thoughts about Alfred Collins' decision to come back uh, to school? Um, do you think that uh, he is looking to be the, uh, the next breakout star on that defensive front for Texas?
0: I think- Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check.
2: Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us.
0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply.
2: Bank of America and a member FDSE.
0: He's got, look, I think it's a good decision by him. Um, he could have got drafted. He would have gone and tested well, right? He would have gotten drafted. Um, he has a career playing football because the NFL look at him and say, this is what we can get out of him That, that, that hasn't that's, that's still there. Um, I think it's smart of him to come back. Um, Because he needs to be a consistent player, not just a consistent player on the field, but a guy that's actually making plays. Um, And and he's been one of the enigmas for me in the Texas program because his talent is that of a high draft pick. His performance has not consistently been there. His playmaking, he shows some flashes, but he's still more flashes than what he needs to be as far as a consistent player. Um, I think he's got a unbelievable upside. Uh, but it's getting a little late for him to achieve that upside. So this is going to be his opportunity to go from a late-round draft pick to a guy that teams look at and say, okay, can should we take him in a third or fourth round? I mean, his ability is high. Now, he's a, he is a second-round level talent. I mean, his length, his, his burst, uh, he's going to test well, his frame. I mean, he's got everything there, but he escapes. The consistency has always escaped him. He needs to show that he is very serious about football and wants to be a big time player. And if he does that, he'll have a really good season in Texas.
1: He is Jerry Hamilton, the Senior National Recruiting Analyst at On3Sports. Find him on uh, the X platform at Hamilton underscore on3, no, the number three, by the way. Uh, Jerry, Bo Davis is a, a name that's out there. Uh, Brian Kelly over at LSU is rebuilding his defensive staff after a miserable year on that side of the ball in, in Baton Rouge. Um, you know what? What are you hearing on who the defensive coordinator choice might be when they're trying to upgrade that spot? And what about Bo Davis? There's reports out there that uh, maybe LSU would make an offer to their uh, alumnus, Bo Davis, and try to bring him back. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on both of those things?
0: Yeah, I think it'll be interesting how it plays out for LSU with Bob, uh, with uh, Brian Kelly. He, to me, he's not the guy that hires the position coaches before the DC. Um, I think by him blowing out the entire defensive staff. Uh, yesterday, he probably has a pretty good idea. You know, it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see Bob Diaco, his former D.C. at Notre Dame is an analyst there at LSU. Does he go that direction with someone that's familiar, or does he go outside? it? I don't think anybody really knows yet. Um, I'll say this. LSU should make a run at Bo Davis. Um, I- I've heard Bo-, Bo Davis, Corey Raymond as DB coach, possibly, but we'll see who that D coordinator is. And I'm not saying Bo's going to take the job, but they should make a run. Heck, Nick Saban's uh, made a run. At him Billy Napier, when he was hired at Florida, made a run at Bo Davis. They should make a run at Bo Davis. I mean, these guys, if they're really good coaches, they should want him as their defensive line coach. I mean, he's one of the top handful in the country. He also makes a million dollars a year and has a big buyout. So, um, you know, how does that factor in? And then there's the fact that you know he's about to get a raise from Texas. I mean, he was he's won some defensive line coach of the year awards. Um, obviously, his family's in the Kingwood area. Um, but he is, a, he is a LSU alumnus, uh, as you said. And LSU should make a run at him. If you're Sarkeesian, you want guys on the staff like Jeff Cho hired at Nevada. You want guys that other people want. If you don't, then you kind of scratch your head, right? I mean, Bo Davis is one of the elite E-line coaches in the country. Uh, many, many SEC programs have come after him. They'll continue to come after him. Uh, But I think Texas, you know, look, I don't think it comes down to money with Bo Davis, uh, but he'll get a raise from Texas this year. Uh, But I think, you know, eventually it'll come down to, you know, who's who's LSU's defensive coordinator? What's all that fit for all the guys that would be on that staff? I think that's so important because Bo has a good fit. He's in a good place at Texas right now. Um, uh, Obviously, he's got some really good players coming in. Um, and he's had great success and obviously he's been at Texas once before and his family lives uh in the Houston area, north of Houston and Kingwood. So we'll see what happens, but LSU should come after.
2: Hey Jerry, what are you hearing, if anything, about the uh linebacker position coach uh for Texas and who they are interested in, who are the type of candidates for for the spot, or are they have they already zeroed in uh on their guy?
0: Yeah, I think I think that'll be interesting. I think something'll uh uh, come out here in the next few days on that i mean you know the, the two names you hear johnny uh, john nansen at arizona who's the dc and ken norton uh, at ucla i mean obviously familiarity with both with Sarkeesian, i think that's kind of important um so we'll see i think uh nansen at arizona is probably the first pick uh we'll see what happens there i mean there's some things there, i think there's going to be a couple of things here happen in the Uh, in the coaching carousel late here. Well, You know, what happens if Harbaugh goes to the NFL? Somebody's got to get Michigan. Who is that, Kalen DeBoer? I mean, I I guess we'll find out, right? I mean, is Kalen DeBoer going to pass up Michigan to stay at Washington? I would say he would not. Um, So then what happens? Does Jed Fish end up at Washington? I mean, so there are some things going on here late if Harbaugh leaves for the NFL, uh, which I think many people expect that are going to kind of shake up this coaching carousel. Then if Arizona has an opening, what do they do? I mean, so it's going to be interesting to see. But to answer your question, I think Nansen at Arizona, D.C., um, and then Ken Norton at UCLA are the two names you've heard the most.
1: That's interesting because uh, during the week I was in New Orleans, uh, Jerry, I heard the name. If if, if the, the, the the big conversation there was that if uh, if Jim Harbaugh does jump to the Bears or somebody in the NFL, that, that uh, Brian Kelly – at LSU would be the top choice of the Wolverines if they try wow. to poach him back and bring him and um, you know take over Michigan. That that would be crazy to think what that would do to the dominoes and in exactly. uh, the coaching carousel.
0: Exactly, wow. there's that yeah. as well, right? Because right now Brian Kelly has no OC or DC at LSU. I think his. I bi- I would suspect, and I've heard that. I'd heard that as well three weeks ago. I would suspect if Harbaugh makes that jump to the NFL that either Kalen DeBoer or Brian Kelly is your next coach at Michigan. Wow.
1: What a shakeup that would be. Uh, last thing, Jerry, on the way out, any thought for the Aggie fans out there, how uh, Mike Elko has done building his, uh, his coaching staff there. We know, um, you know, Colin Klein on the offensive side of the ball. What do you, what do you, what kind of grade do you put on what Mike Elko has done for his first staff with the Aggies?
0: Yeah, I think he's, I think he's, he's done a good job. Look at, you know, Trooper Taylor, Holman Wiggins, SEC recruiters, years of SEC experience, also recruiting in Texas. Right. Um, I, I think those are good hires uh, for a Texas A&M. Um, I, I, I don't. I'm not saying great hires. I think good hires for them. Solid hires. I think he's done a really good job putting this staff together, as you'd expect. I, I'm very interested here coming up. So. Uh, one of the next things is the junior days, right, for uh, juniors in the, uh, around the state of Texas and the country. Those are all coming up in a matter of Texas has their first one January 20th. I think A&M's first one is January 21st. So it's going to be interesting to see some of these names that start jumping up and saying they're attending the uh, junior days around uh, around Texas, Texas A&M here late January. But I think he's done a good job with the staff. I think he's got guys who are – going to be able to sit in those battles in the state of Texas and in the SEC region uh, and, and, go to, and go to battle for Texas A&M. I think he's built a really good step I think it's going to be interesting I don't know what Rod's thoughts are but to see where A&M goes offensively under Colin Klein is it going to be similar to Kansas State is it going to be much more different I would think it has to be much different in the SEC I don't, I don't see that transition being the same uh, what they were the scheme at Kansas State versus what they're going to do at A&M
2: yeah, Jerry. I totally agree with you on that, Jerry. Yeah. Um. Yeah. okay I should ask you this, Jerry? Just real quick, why haven't we heard Quinn Ewers' announcement yet? Like, what is he waiting on?
0: That's a great question. Probably Pete Thamel's schedule to slow down, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I mean that, that's 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 the best I can come up with, right? I mean, I, I do think it'll be. A, I, I haven't heard anything different than. Um, uh, that Quinn's still uh, leaning uh, to come back uh, to Texas for another year. Uh, nothing's changed on my end. I actually talked to somebody earlier this week, and nothing, literally nothing's changed on that. But I don't have the answer as to why. <laughs>
2: That was a good answer, though. I like
1: that. Yeah, my thought is they're going to go day by day. Each player gets his day, right? It was X Man on Tuesday, Offer Collins yeah. yesterday, more to come. We'll yeah. see. it probably be A.D. Mitchell or somebody it's today. A social
2: media strategy. Going <laughs> yeah, that's, on, right. that's right.
1: That's yeah. right. Don't, don't, don't want to over, overshine anybody else. Hey, Jerry, thanks, man. Great, great to hear you. We'll check in when we can again here soon with so much going on. Uh, great insights as always, and Happy New Year.
0: Thanks, Jerry. You got it. Happy New Year, guys.
1: All right, there you go. go. That's all the intel you need from Uh, the uh, the Orlando Bowl with uh, Under Armour, the one in San Antonio, the Longhorns, the coaches. Yeah, think about that, Rod. Can you imagine if Jim Harbaugh wins an addy, goes to the NFL, (laughs) and Brian Kelly?
2: The coaching carousel. This is the butterfly effect of that one move if he goes to the league. You're right. It's going to affect, man, probably eight schools will probably be affected in some way or another. Big time. (laughs) Because you're right, somebody's going to take that job. That's a big job. So you're taking somebody from an already kind of a big time job to to go to that historically blue blood job. And then you're right, if it's Washington, what does Washington do? And who wouldn't want that job? Oh, man.
1: Well, yeah, and obviously lot. Brian Kelly has great Midwest ties from his time <laughs> at Cincinnati and Notre Dame. Uh, the, you know, essentially Jim Harbaugh has, has built Michigan back into where, a job you really want. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, really interesting. Uh, yeah. And as Jerry said, Brian Kelly or Kalen DeBoer.
2: That's a good discussion to have. Yeah, you're right. Who takes that job? You guys brought up two great candidates, Kalen well, DeBoer and Brian Kelly. That's, I'm trying to think of some a better a better candidate than those two for that job, and I really can't think of them. Yeah, that, it that's, is. Those are two good ones.
1: Uh, it never slows down in college football and the game coming up Monday night. We'll come back. Uh, when we do, we'll go bullish or BS on this Thursday morning as uh, Rod and I roll on. Ty will join us for that. Uh, on uh, Also, as we mentioned, uh, C.J. Vogel will join us later in the show. Another one of our college football insiders, C.J. from the Football Brainiacs. He will be down, he's down in San Antonio covering that All-American Bowl that's down there. We'll talk to him later in the show, and we'll talk to you on the text line, 512-447-3776. Hook him up with Ian Rodby on a Thursday. <laughs> Aaron Hogan, Rod Papers. Hook em Up, 1019-AM-1260, The Horn. <laughs> <laughs> Hook them Up with Ian Rodby on a Thursday morning. It's time for Bullish or BS. Ty Henderson joins us for that from the Horn headquarters. And Ty is uh, still licking his lumps from coming back from New Orleans. And, uh, Ty, you remember we talked all through the month of December. You were putting uh, proceeds on the uh, Longhorns to win the national championship. That's oh. now not going to happen. Uh, how, how, how bullish did you get on that whole situation, my friend?
0: Uh, I won a lot of money this week. It was basically a free nice. trip. So. Oh, there you go. Good I'm all I'm all good. I'm all good. I if, okay well, I will say if Alabama and Texas would have won I would have been I might have quit my job because I, the 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 money that would have came in would have covered me for a, for a, for a long time.
1: If who would have won?
0: Alabama and Texas. I wouldn't have actually quit, but you know what I mean. <laughs> I
1: wouldn't have actually quit. <laughs> I got you. There. I would have thought about it. Nice work. Uh, but you needed Bama. By the way, we didn't talk a lot about that game because it was so much about Texas. But, uh, Rod, that play where the uh, the ball got tipped.
2: Yeah. And it
1: was, it was almost intercepted for a pick six, and then it was caught, and it set up the, 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 uh, the touchdown for Michigan. What a huge play in that game. Uh, because, you know, Rod, and you bullish or BS on this, Rod, and then I want one from you. Because we just talked about Jim Harbaugh. I think we're all kind of bullish that this could be his last game at Michigan on Monday night, win or lose. He could be off to the NFL. I think so. He's hired Don Yee as his agent. Don Yee is an agent that has a lot of NFL ties. Uh, so we'll follow that. Uh, and any thought, because Paul Feinbaum yesterday was on ESPN and said he is sensing that maybe Nick Saban is ready to retire. He didn't say win. He didn't give it a timeline. He just gets that sense. And he, bullish or BS, that Nick Saban may decide that uh, – that might be his the end for him at Alabama. Because think about talk about dominoes and butterfly effects of, of moves. Brian Kelly following Jim Harbaugh. What if Alabama came open here in January uh, this offseason?
2: Yeah, I don't know why I just hadn't thought about that. I, we should because he's old. He's in his he's in yeah seventies like late. Yeah, right. So um, I mean, we should think about that with Nick Saban. It just feels like, it, because he's the goat, he's been and he's been coaching at such a high level. Usually, you see a regression. When coaches get that old, you know what I mean, and they've been in the game so long, and we haven't seen a regression. And usually the retirement, you know, it comes after the regression. Everybody's expecting it. Um, Yeah, that's a great point. It's going to happen in the next three years or so. It can't be – Coaching when he's setting it, what seventy five, eighty? That's your
1: Joe Paterno. You know, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's that's exactly Bobby you want. Bowden. Those what guys is, had to be thrown out. You don't want to be. Yeah, you
2: don't want to be that guy, right? Parade or pine box. You don't want to be that guy. So that's a great point. I, I haven't thought about Bama at all. And who would who would be the top candidate to replace Matt Bama? Dabo. And Dabo's so old school now, though. I don't know if you want Dabo because he's anti transfer portal, anti NIL. Kirby. Somebody like
0: that. I guess Kirby? he, wouldn't, he Kirby? wouldn't leave. He wouldn't leave his I don't alma mater.
1: Well, yeah. Kirby's already at his alma mater. Sark's already, name would be mentioned.
2: Sark's name would be mentioned, but honestly, I think Sark Sark stays at Texas. He's already built it
1: up. Look, I don't think right now with the NIL space and everything that's out there, there's not a better job than Texas. Big picture, for the facilities and and the athletic departments you're coaching in, yeah. the 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 NIL opportunities in this area. Uh, Alabama's and Nick Saban's talked about it. It's it's not as good
2: pulling teeth out here trying to get these boosters to, to pony up. <laughs> well, it's just not separated.
1: as many. I mean, yeah. I mean it's I mean it's so plentiful at Texas. Uh, so even Sark, I mean, I think if Sark were ever to leave Texas, it'd be for the NFL, um, big picture. But you know, we'll see. But yeah, that'd be a great question if Nick Saban decided. You know what? That's enough. <laughs> That's enough. I'm done. I'm gonna go drive my uh, my sports cars and run car dealerships and live on the lake. Mm-hmm.
2: Never thought it. I haven't thought about it, but you're right. It's got to happen here pretty soon. All right, bullish or BS? Here are the odds from Bet Online. Uh, that uh, so here are the odds for the 2024 National Championship. Uh, Alabama and Georgia uh, looks like Georgia is at five to one, um, and Alabama. I seen two different ones, but Alabama here also is at five to one. This comes from uh, at Bet Online. This was yesterday. Texas is at 9-1 to one odds. Uh, it has LSU at 12-1. Ole Miss at 14-1 to one odds. Uh, then Tennessee at 25-1 to one odds. So, bullish or BS, Texas, third best odds to win the national title next season. Next season. Behind Georgia, Bama, and yeah, John, Georgia, and Bama. They're right there with Ohio State. Ohio State's up there, too.
1: Well, I mean, uh, I, I, my bull, I think they're a national title contender next year in year four. I think having Quinn Ewers back is huge. An offensive line that will be you know, bringing everybody back except for Christian Jones and whoever wins the right tackle job I think is going to be a real good player. They've got guys to replace and they've got production to replace offensively, but I trust Sark and the staff on that defensively. I think they have a chance to be better next year um, you know, with with better coverage and more pass rush. Uh, in, in year four with Pete Kwiatkowski getting more and more of his type of players. Uh, the problem is the schedule. You're now into the SEC, Rod. Yes, And, yeah, and you're playing Michigan in Ann Arbor. Who's going to be the coach when they get to Michigan? They play that game week two. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but with the 12-team playoff, and the one thing I'd say, that we've said about Texas, their initial and their, their inaugural schedule in the SEC is tough, but it's not as tough as some. I mean, they, their schedule kind of sets up with the two bye weeks. Uh, the Georgia game is here. Um, you know, what's the, the the road games are at Arkansas and A&M, who both are in, in kind of rebuild spots right now. Uh, I think Texas has a chance. Uh, if they can continue to build this culture, as Sarkis called it. So I, I do like that as them being the, one of the top three or four as far as a national championship next year. I agree with that with Quinn Ewers coming back.
2: Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, fourth best size. They have Ohio State 7-1, to one, uh, so slightly ahead of Texas. Yeah. Texas at 9-1. to one, I, I
1: am bullish that Ryan Day would love to see Jim Harbaugh leave for the NFL. <laughs> I am very bullish on that.
2: Yeah, because right now his reputation is taking a hit because he just can't can't beat Hardball right now. It's, that's it. Yeah, after the, the cheating scandal too, I, I think a lot of Ohio State fans they wanted some
1: uh, some revenge after that. Are you uh, are happen. you bullish on the Longhorns as the top four um, odds for national championship next year? Yeah, but Quinn Ewers coming
2: back. Um, I mean, a veteran quarterback coming back in the same system with the same head coach and play caller. Same core defensive coordinator, same you know special teams coordinator. They're bringing back some some crucial pieces. I want to see what they look like in the passing game, though. For no sure. concerned about the passing game. You're losing a lot of targets. J.T. Sanders, X-Man,
1: yeah. J. Witt, A.D. Mitchell. I still think they need to hit the portal here for another a veteran receiver. Doesn't have to be a huge name, but it's got to be someone who's played yeah. a lot, played some college football.
2: Yeah, I think run the running game will be okay because the offensive line's good. Pass protection will be good because the offensive line's bringing back most of you know their core. Four of the
1: five starters.
2: Yeah, I'm worried about the passing game a little bit though coming back.
1: Yeah, we'll see. Uh, Ty, would you be bullish on that as a, as a better to put it a little scratch on the Longhorns at nine to one?
0: Why not? I've already oh, I wasted know. all my money last week, so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Looking again, I think their first SEC schedule is manageable. Even if you don't win at Michigan in week two, you still have a chance to, uh, to have a good SEC season. We'll talk about it. On the other side, it's a good uh, conversation starter. We'll also reset your headlines. Rod will have us behind the burn orange curtain next hour. It's a busy, busy Thursday on Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby.